Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. We're at part three of our series, Praise Forward. Praise Forward, and we're going to get into it. We're going to uh, look at an interview with two Nobel laureates that Rosie, our friend, did in her book, uh, Turn on Hope Street. And before we get there, we want to we uh, lay some groundwork. We've been talking about praise, and we've said that praise is the only way to consistently, there's that key word, consistently move forward in all that the Father has prepared for you. Mm, Yeah. And remember what praise is. Praise is to set a value on Christ to appraise his worth in your own heart and life. How valuable is Jesus Christ to you? You don't have to give a religious answer. This is, this will, this, this is, is, uh, will will show up in your daily life. Mm -hmm. How valuable have you made knowing Christ? Mm -hmm. I am not interested in, having a church membership, getting uh, sacraments checked off my list. My passion is knowing Christ. That's what I'm living for. That's what I make the decisions I make for. I want to know Christ more. How about you? How about you? How valuable is knowing him to you? Are you willing to let go of everything in order to know him more? If not, you haven't appraised him high enough. He is known as the most high God. Mm-hmm. That means if there was a Zillow page for gods, we go on all the, the, the Zillow God page, and there's all these fake gods at different prices. Well, the most high God would have the highest price on the Zillow page, the highest price. Yeah. There would be no one even close to his appraisal, to his value. You know what I'm thinking about is ice cream. Okay, tell me about ice cream. You know, we discovered recently, I mean, it's been around a long time. Yeah. But there are some things in the freezer section Uh-oh. that aren't ice cream. Uh-oh, go right? there, go ahead. And then there is stuff in the freezer section that is ice yeah, cream. Yeah, the fake stuff, what do they call it, frozen... Dairy dessert. Dairy dessert. <laughs> Not ice cream, right? They'll fool you. And it has a lower price yeah. than yeah. the real ice cream. Yeah, doesn't taste the same either. No, no, and that's what we're talking about. That yeah. There's, there's a, God is the best and the highest of every good thing that you could ever want. That's right. Really, and and it's just a matter of you you recognizing that, Mm -hmm. and you realizing that the sweetest thing you could ever eat is Jesus, and he's worth the price. He's worth it. The most satisfying experience you could ever have in your life is choosing to value Christ and pursue Christ above all else Mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into this. All right, praising Christ, we said it transforms us. We said that praising Christ is the healthiest thing that you 
can do. And we spent part two last week looking at the father of our faith, Abraham, who lived 430 years before the law. He was a man whose relationship with God was built on one thing only, what the Father had said to him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is God's desire for you today, that, that your relationship with him would be built upon one thing only, what he has said through his son, good. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want to go back to Romans 4, and we're going to work our way up to Rosie's book here, Romans 4. We're going to start in verse uh, 17, and then we're going to read verse 20. So good. Verse 17, Romans 4, 17. We looked at, the, at more, more than just these two verses last week, but we're talking about praise transforming us. Praise being the healthiest thing that you could ever do, valuing Christ above all else. Verse 17, here's the father of our faith. Remember, he lived in a pagan culture. His own dad worshiped the God of the moon. For 75 years, God speaks to him. He responds. He leaves the pagan culture, and God tells him at age 75, his wife has been barren her whole life. He said, you're going to become the father of many nations. Through your wife's womb is going to come a son, and through you, the whole earth is going to be blessed. That is impossible, naturally speaking. So Abraham was faced with some decisions. Should he, should he consider uh, naturally if what God has said is possible or should he just believe God? Verse 17 of Romans 4 said, As it is written, the father of many nations have I made you. And he said this to Abraham when he had no children. In the sight of him whom Abraham believed, even God, who gives life to the dead... We know this, right? We see it throughout the Scriptures. We see it in the ministry of Jesus, who's God in the flesh. He gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. That, that's, that's God's business card. Here you go. He, he gives life to the dead. He calls into being that which does not exist. That's, that's, that's his his. Uh, Calling card, yeah. Okay, so already it's we've got we've got a ready to embrace the impossible when we come into relationship with God. We can't think of Him like we think of people. He's the Maker of heaven and earth. Right. He He raises the dead. Right. He calls things into being that never existed. If you need it, He'll call it into being. If that's what needs to happen. Now look at verse 20. So here's Abraham who's just, who's just walked into a relationship with this raise the dead, call into being which that which does not exist, God. And in verse 20, of course, the enemy is going to try and get you to doubt and question and waver on the promises that God has made to you through his son. Verse 20 in the Amplified says, No unbelief or distrust made him waver. I like how the Amplified says it because it almost makes unbelief and distrust seem like a person a or thing. an entity, uh -huh, a thing. Uh -huh. Like unbelief came to his door. Knocking. Distrust <laughs> came knocking uh -huh, uh -huh. And, and tried to make him waver, but they couldn't do it. Right. They tried to get him to doubtingly question what God had spoken to him concerning the promise of God. But look how Abraham was transformed. It says, but he, Abraham, grew strong. Yes. Went from weak to strong. He grew strong. He yeah. grew strong, uh -huh, uh -huh. and he was empowered by faith. How? 
by appraising God as the Most High God, by giving praise and glory to God, or as he gave. I like that. As he gave praise and glory to God. I want you to see yourself, whatever situations or circumstances you're in. It, it might look like things aren't happening the way you'd like them to happen. It mo- may look like things aren't lining up or uh, whatever the situation might be. What do you do in the midst of that? Do you start complaining? Do you turn back? Or do you begin to praise him? The answer is letter C, right? right? You start to praise him. What? That he is faithful. Verse 21, fully satisfied and assured that God, not his circumstances, not himself, not his wife, but God was able (laughs) and mighty to keep his word and to do what God had promised. So good. This is what praise is all about. You're not trusting in your spouse. You're not trusting in yourself. You're not trusting in people. You're not trusting in anyone or anything else but the one who spoke, God himself. And that's the type of praise that will transform you. Praise that is focused on who he is and what he's done for you through his son. So powerful. Now, let's break this down a little bit. What's going on inside of Abraham? Well, we know New Testament people, right, that we're spirit, soul, and body. There's three parts to who we are. Remember, Highway, we're doing a Bible study coming up on Wednesday, part two, spirit to spirit. Mm -hmm. Don't miss it, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You are a spirit. That's just the facts, Jack. You are a spirit. Always have been, always will be. Right From the moment God made, he made you a spirit. And you have a soul, and now you're living in a mortal body. Okay, your spirit is who you are. Your soul is the equipment that you've been given to help you process things. That would consist of your mind, your will, and your emotions. What happens in your soul when you praise God? I like to think of it like this. And (laughs) as I was preparing these last few weeks and the Lord was, was giving me some things to share with you, Your soul is your interface between the realm of the spirit and this natural realm. What's an interface? You better break it down. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna talk about an interface. I'm gonna talk about it as a guitar player. Okay. So I write songs, I write music, I like to record, I like to do those things. But I've got a song inside of me. And I wanna get it from in here out into the world. Well, how do I do that? I need what's called an interface. It's a piece of hardware. Mine's red, okay? (laughs) It's a red piece of hardware that I purchased. And what I do, I take the song that's in me, and I plug my guitar into this interface, and I plug my microphone into this piece of equipment. And what does it do? It receives what's inside of me, and it takes, uh, takes it from inside of me, and it brings it into a recording software so that the rest of the world can hear it. So an interface is something that takes uh, from one source and brings to another. That's good. 
And that's exactly, now, naturally speaking, I need cords for that. I need to, I need to plug in some quarter-inch cables into these inputs, and I need to have uh, cables going outputs, inputs and outputs. Inputs and outputs. So I need inputs and outputs to get what's inside of my spirit into, my, into the rest of my life. And your soul is the interface for that. So you've got your spirit, you've got your interface, your soul, your emotions, your mind, your will, then you've got your mortal body, then you've got the circumstances of your life, the world around you. So your soul is very important. And we want you to learn to release the power of Christ that's where? In your spirit, through your soul, into the rest of your life. Your soul will be transformed as you worship God with your spirit. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. And then we're going we're gonna to get into these interviews with these Nobel laureates so far. All right? So a lot is happening when you choose to appraise God as the most high. When you choose to open your mouth and say, Hallelujah. Lord, I worship you. I lift up my eyes. I, I, I put the way that I currently may feel aside. I don't entertain doubts or discouragement or anxiety or offense or, uh, or fear or worry. I don't entertain. Instead, I'm going to put my trust in you, and I'm going to begin to worship you and praise you. And all kinds of things begin to change in you and around you when you cultivate this. Psalm 42, verse 11. All right? So your soul's taking the life of Christ that's in your spirit and bringing it into the rest of your life. It's your interface between your spirit and the rest of your life. Psalm 42, 11. The psalmist is going to be speaking to his soul. You must do this regularly. If you don't, your soul will take over. Mm -hmm. Did you hear me? You must speak to your soul and tell your soul exactly how to feel, what to feel, and what to do. You must do this or it will control you. Same thing with your body. The psalmist says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? So the psalmist's emotions, feelings, were not good at this point in time. He wasn't having happy feelings. (laughs) He wasn't feeling inspired, encouraged, bold. He was feeling maybe afraid, discouraged. He said, downcast, cast down. That's low. Mm -hmm. He was feeling low. What does he do? He didn't call anybody on the phone. Well, he didn't have a phone, did he? But if he, (laughs) but he didn't call. He didn't. He didn't yell out the window. (laughs) He didn't get on his uh, motorcycle and ride to a friend's house, what did he do? He spoke to his soul because that's where the issue is. He said, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? 
Have you done this, friends? You need to start. Don't let your soul tell you what the quality of your life is going to be. Don't let your soul tell you what your future is. You tell your soul what the quality of your life is and what your future holds. And why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Put your confidence in God. For I shall yet praise him. Know how he's making a decision between himself and his soul. Mm-hmm. That's good. You see the difference there? Mm-hmm. This is a revelation of how we're made. The Bible's full of these things. Using your interface. And Using your interface, uh, yeah. Joseph, is there ever a time when you have to switch inputs? Yeah. That you have a wrong input? Yeah, absolutely. This absolutely. is what's happening here. Absolutely. I'm saying. Yeah. Because uh, I'm feeling a way because of an input other than. Yeah. or a bad cable. A bad cable. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah. When you, if you've got a bad connection, you can be hearing noise that you don't want to hear. A buzz, a fuzz, and it ruins right? your recording. Mm-hmm. So what you got to do? Sometimes you just got to throw that cable away. Okay. Get rid of it and get a new cable. Is there? Is there some? Are there some bad connections in your life that are allowing noise to come into your life that you don't need? Hey. Talking about relationships primarily there, aren't we? Are the, are the people you're closest to in your life, are they speaking resurrection life to you? Or do they want to join in and complain with you or encourage you to complain with them? Mm-hmm. That's a bad connection. Mm-hmm. I don't have close friends like that. I, I have people in my life who I know are like that and I love them, but they're not going to get close to me. I mean, I'll, I'll, love, I'll do what I can to help them and bless them, but, but my heart's too precious. Your heart is too. If you want to get really close to me, you've got to cultivate a heart of praise. You speak to your soul. And then hope, hope in God's soul. Put your trust in God's soul. Rejoice in God's soul, for I will yet praise him. My spirit's in charge. You're not, soul. Who is the health of my countenance and my God. God is my victory. God is my health. Don't be down, soul. Don't be discouraged. Don't complain about your situation. Don't complain about people. Don't complain about the world around you. Put your hope in God. Trust God's soul. Rejoice in God's soul. That's exactly what Abraham did, Woo! as you read it, of Romans 4.20. Come on. You know, I also think, you know, I also think about the the guys in the fiery furnace, if you know Daniel. They didn't, like, hope mm. that the fire would go no, away. No. You know. Uh, God will deliver me. He, he had an input that said, God will deliver me. God will deliver when me. When Abraham had to go sacrifice his son, mm-hmm. right? He didn't say, well. We will return. Yeah, and he said, and should I have to do this, God will resurrect him. Yep. Was his reasoning. That was his reasoning. He was like, no matter what No I matter face, what. He wasn't trying to get that no matter opposition what. to go away. But what would God do mm, in mm, the, mm. the midst of that? Yeah. Love so, that. So good. Love that. Uh, the Passion Translation, the same verse says, so I say to my soul. So I say to my soul. You see how your soul's not who you are? That's so good. I say to my soul, to my interface. That's good. I say, don't be discouraged. Don't be disturbed. For I know my God will break through for me. 
and, and entertain over and over again. And now you're in Christ, and now you know, you know what, this is wrong. I, I'm not going to think this way anymore. I'm not going to allow this bad connection to short circuit to bring noise into my system and cause a bad recording. I'm going to get rid of this, and I'm going to replace these negative thoughts with the truth of, of, of Christ in me. Mm-hmm. So forget not all, my, all, his, all his benefits, the benefits of knowing Christ. Now, this was written, it's prophetic, but it was written prior to the resurrection. This is the book of Psalms. So for us, this is all done. It's not going to happen. It's done. Who's forgiven all your iniquities. Every sin, for us, for the New Testament believer, our sins are not only forgiven, the nature of sin has been removed for us. We, the nature of God has been given to us. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The curse of sin has been destroyed in our lives, removed from us forever. Who forgives all your sins, uh, who heals, who has, past tense now, who has healed all your diseases. Soul, remember, you're, you're free from condemnation. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and by his stripes you have been made whole. I have a healthy mind, a healthy emotions, healthy body. Tell your soul how healthy it is. Tell your body how you've got to do this, friends. If you don't say this with your mouth, you, you can have the best ministers in the world teaching this, but if you don't open your mouth and say this out loud to your soul and to your body, you will not consistently experience it. Just that simple, because you're the only one who can do this in your life like this. Forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases. He's redeemed my life from destruction. He keeps me safe. He's rescued me from darkness. He's crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Woo! He's crowned me. He's renewed my, he's satisfied my mouth with good things, and my youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. Soul, God is your celebration. He is your joy. He's your peace. He's your strength. Body, you're healed and you're healthy and you're strong. This is something that should be regularly spoken in your private personal life to your soul and your body. I'm, this is where we live, friends. Forget religion. I'm talking to you about real life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let me see here. All right, I want to read to you from Rosie's uh, book. Remember we told you about our friend Rosie? Rosie, if you're listening, we love you. We miss you. <laughs> I, uh, and uh, we met her back in 2014. She came to Highway Church and was with us for a few years and then relocated to a different part of the country, but she was a uh, writer for the L.A. Times and loved just talking with her. What a, what a just a cool person. In fact, she, she had gone to Stevie Wonder's house to help yes. Stevie Wonder out with some stuff. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of Rosie's. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and I wish I had time to share with you more about her some of her testimonies. Called, uh... Her book is called um, Turn on Hope Street. Okay. Uh, I haven't read the book. This is an okay. excerpt from the book. Okay. Yeah, but it's called Turn on Hope Street, and it's available on Amazon. Okay. Um, so let me just read you the introduction, okay, or of what I'm, let me just give you the, the little excerpt I'm going to read here, okay? So this is how it started in 2008. This is Rosie writing. I was writing an article for the Los Angeles Times about learning. Now, one of the neuroscientists I interviewed was Eric K. 
Condal, I'm not sure how it's said, uh, a Nobel laureate who researched memory storage in brain cells. We're talking about the effects of praise on your health and your body, okay? He explained, listen very closely, that repeated thoughts, words, and behaviors related to hope, love, and happiness can change the structure and function of the brain. This was not a Christian interview, guys. This is an L.A. Times reporter interviewing a neuroscientist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. Don't get religious on me now, please. Trying to help you here. He explained that repeated thoughts, words, and behaviors related to hope, love, and happiness can change the structure and function of the brain. In the same way, hello, the brain's structure and function can be changed by fear, stress, and anxiety. I hope you're hearing me. Now, she said, did I hear right? She asked the, the uh, neuroscientist. Did I hear right? Neuroplasticity, the ability of the brain to form and reorganize synaptic connections was coming into public awareness at that time, so I rephrased my question. Same answer, different wording. Again, I wanted to confirm my understanding. By the fourth time, Condal, I don't know if I'm saying that right, was laughing. So now that she's asked him the same question, reworded it four times, and he just starts laughing. He said, uh, uh, starts laughing, when I got off the phone, I was dancing. So this is a phone interview. She gets off the phone, she starts dancing because she's seeing stuff. Neuroplasticity explained a lot in my life. For one thing, it meant that prayer could actually physically change the brain. I was thrilled. The news gave me hope. One of the testimonies that Rosie shared with me, she had a problem with her jaw. Her jaw was deteriorating, if I remember it right. And it was well, the things she learned about the way she thinks and what she can say gave her a new jaw. Just share it with you. This is real life, guys. I was thrilled. The news gave me hope. This news made me understand that the brain is actually changing when I pray. Oh, hallelujah. God is now... When you speak and put your trust in him, things are changing now, now, now. Heaven's in you. The kingdom of God is in you now. Woo. A second important interview occurred with psychiatrist and PTSD trauma expert, Carrie Ressler. At Harvard, he had been a student of the, uh, a student of the Nobel laureate uh, Linda Buck, I asked Ressler about the electrical energy used by the brain when a person tries to stop experiencing angry thoughts and instead feel peaceful ones. You following this? She asks this 
PTSD, trauma expert. Tell me about the electrical energy change that, that happens in the brain when a person tries to stop experiencing angry thoughts. You can put anything in there, fear, worry, anxiety, offense, and instead feels peaceful ones. And they said, a lot happens. A lot of electricity, electricity takes place, he said. But there was no way to measure that energy at this time. His answer was important because I used to think that praying involved asking God for something, um, God providing it, or changing a situation, or me doing something to change a situation. But maybe I had to do more. She's realizing this. Like renew my mind. Hello. Hello. As some people, um, as some people say, and that may take repeated thoughts, speech, and behaviors. That means work. This is Rosie writing. In other words, she thought I was just praying and then God would just change things. But I started to realize I had to change the way I think with my mouth. I couldn't allow my mind to keep saying the things it was saying, my feelings to keep feeling the things that I was feeling. I had to begin opening my mouth and tell my mind what to think and tell my soul how to feel. And friends, you've got to do the same thing. God won't, he can't. He can't do this for you. He can't control you. He'll help you as much as he can. But you've got to choose to exercise your will and use your mouth for its intended purpose. Hallelujah. Did you want to say something, sweetie? Just how important it is to understand your approach to prayer even and oh. your understanding of prayer and so what it is. Here. She's so much contrasting here. saying that she used to, just yeah. ask God to change the situation. Like I said, the, the, it's right. different from the scripture. Remember those Hebrew boys that we yeah. said, they didn't pray to God and ask that they would turn the fire down or off. No, he, they said in the midst of this, we still know yep. that God will deliver. That's right. So prayer, your approach to prayer is so important and, and that you uh, don't think of it as just, well, we'll see or it's up to God or I have to work to make a change. He'll, he'll reveal to me what change I need to make. No, this is a different approach altogether. Uh, this prayer that she's talking about is being receiving in mm -hmm. prayer, the truth of God, yep, yep. and then declaring that truth of God yep. right to the situation. This is so good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read. I've got a, so, I've got so a few good. more paragraphs here. It's just so good. In addition to changing ourselves, renewing our minds may also affect people around us. Mm -hmm. One of Newton's laws states for every action, there is an equal or opposite reaction. Also, mirror neurons, mirror neurons in a person's brain are believed to trigger, trigger similar contagious emotions in other people who are watching or listening to that person. Did you hear that? That's so good. I'm going to keep going. I, I want to get through this. You know that's true. And it sure it is. You react you can, to people you, 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 differently yeah, absolutely. depending on what they're saying. If someone positive comes into your life, <laughs> someone who's full of faith yeah. and joy and peace, it's going to change your brain. Absolutely. You leave encouraged. Right? Yes, you mm -hmm. do. I love to compare the effect of repeatedly believing in God for answers to the effort of repeatedly begging God for mm -hmm. answers. 
repeatedly begging for an answer to a prayer can eventually make me feel hopeless. Belief has to be part of my picture. Mm -hmm. Believing in a positive outcome improves the neural, neural circuits in our brains, those that may otherwise worsen as we age. Faith, praise improves your brain. It improves your health. According to research by psychiatrist um, Jose. Jose Parro in what's Neuro that? Image. Neuroimage. Thank you. Uh, plus, optimism plays a role in self-care and management of chronic illness, states a research study led by Martin Fournier and published in the Behavioral Journal of Health Psychology. Further, having a positive emotional style has been shown to predict resistance. Let's say that right. Mm, yes. So shown to predict resistance to colds and viruses. Reports Sheldon Cohen and Cohen and his research uh, team in an article published by Psychosomatic Medicine. It may take energy to believe or repeatedly beg for something you don't see or don't seem possible. But in the long run, hope and optimism takes less work and it's healthier. <laughs> Understanding a bit of science increases my confidence and faith practice. This book is based on my belief that God has given us brains the ability to change and the option to choose and believe anything, good or bad. Very powerful, very powerful. Now, I, I've got one more scripture to share with you. We've got to get through this, folks. And I've just been impressed to, to get it all out and not let the clock stop us. But hang in there. We're going to get done here. So very powerful. So when I'm praising God, my body's changing. My brain is being repaired. New cells are forming in my brain. New cells are forming in my blood. New cells are forming in my body. Healthy cells are taking over. You see, science will never, man's assessment of things will never be able to catch up with what God has said. Because he's doing a whole lot more than, than, than our equipment can discover. Believe me. When God speaks, it is comprehensive. And, and you will save yourself so much time by just taking God at his word. Now, Psalm 42, excuse me, Psalm 22.3, all right? Psalm 22.3. Let's look at the atmosphere of praise in our lives. Remember what Rosie said. The psalmist says in verse 3 of Psalm 22, says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest, inhabits mm -hmm. the praises of your people. Mm -hmm. The Passion Translation says, Yet I know that you are most holy. It's indisputable. You are God enthroned, surrounded with songs, living among the shouts of praise of your princely people. The scriptures teach us that God inhabits our praises. Oh, this is called Praise Forward, this series. How important is it to build an atmosphere of praise in your private, personal life? Listen closely to me. If God inhabits our praises, what's contrary to praise? 
complaining, right? Negativity, mm -hmm. negative criticism, fault finding, envy, offense. So if God inhabits the praises of his people, who do you think inhabits complaining and, and negative criticisms and fault finding? Can I help you? Satan, spirits of darkness and demons love that atmosphere. They love fault finding. Mm -hmm. They love complaining. And they will encourage you to do it more. Why? It gives them room to operate in your life. Guys, we, are, we, are, we have hit the bullseye here. We're talking about living the victorious, abundant life Christ came to give you, and it's all right here in your mouth. Complaining is the worst, unhealthiest thing you can do for your whole person. Why? It takes zero faith to complain. It takes zero faith to fault find. That's easy. One of my favorite things is they say <laughs> uh, complaining is simply announcing to everybody else yep. in your hearing that you don't think your situation can change. That's right. That's right. So, as you said, zero faith. Yeah, that's exactly right. No hope. That's exactly right. Complaining is announcing exactly to everybody right. in your hearing that you don't think your situation can that's change. That's right. That's right. The voice of faith is a voice of praise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's right. That's so good. When faith is not present, I'm going to complain. <laughs> Why? Because I'm, I'm either relying on myself or I'm relying on other people or I'm looking at my past or I'm looking at the, the situation around me or I'm looking at this world, but I'm not looking at him. Mm -hmm. Guys, there's no condemnation with this. We're helping you get it free. Mm -hmm. That's right. We're helping you. So if you find yourself complaining, that reveals to yourself what you're looking at and who you're looking at. Mm -hmm. You're not looking at Christ. You're looking at something or someone other than Christ. So what do I need to do to stop complaining? Start beholding Christ. Mm -hmm. How do I behold Christ? Grab some promises out of the Scriptures. Find three promises that address what you were complaining about, what you were uh, down about, what you were... Find at least, come on, two or three. There's a lot more than that, but find them and, and just grab a hold of them, meditate in them, and begin to speak them as truth over your life now. Hallelujah. And watch what happens to your brain, to your emotions. You will go from being cast down to being lifted up. And the more you practice this, the stronger you'll become. Abraham grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Mm -hmm. And you will get to a whole different place in your life where things that used to discourage you won't discourage you anymore, and you'll be able to encourage others who might be discouraged by the things you used to be discouraged about. <laughs> You'll enable them to lift their eyes up, see beyond the natural, see into the realm of the Spirit, and see the resurrection power and provision of Christ for their lives. Mm -hmm. Woo-wee. Boy, this is good. This is so good. Hallelujah. We love you. We bless you. I hope you grab a hold of this. If you need to listen to this 10 times, listen to it 10 times. 
times. You'll be so glad you did. Guys, this is real life. This is not religious doctrine. This is not religious tradition. This is you going through your daily life. We all deal with this stuff. We're, we've all yeah. faced situations we didn't have, we wish we wouldn't have had to face. We may be currently facing situations we wish we didn't have to face. We may be wishing things were different. We may wish we were in a different place at a different time and whatever. But I'm telling you, if you will lift up your attention, if you say, soul, do not be cast down. Put your hope in the one who made you. Put your hope in the resurrection power of Christ. Put your hope in the fulfillment of God's promises in your life. Everyone is yes and amen. And you begin to worship. You find three promises for anything in your life that is tempting you to be discouraged. Whatever it is, finances, health, uh, job, marriage, children, relationships, whatever. Guarantee you there are several promises, several provisions God has made for every one of those areas, and he wants you to experience them today. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to wind this up. <laughs> God is so good. Listen, a, a huge part of worshiping, how many know that we need money to, to purchase and in, in, in do things in this world. It's just the nature of this natural realm. Now, the natural realm functions by buying and selling. We don't. We function by sowing and reaping. But we do need currency, money, to operate in this world. God wants to remove lack from your life. And he did that through his son. He is now your shepherd, you shall not lack. So what do we do, guys? We worship God with our money. We trust God with our finances. We bring our money unto him, and we don't just do whatever we want with our money. We listen to the Holy Spirit's direction in our finances. So what's, what's, the, way, what's the pattern for life? We choose Christ above all else. We seek him first. And then we listen to his wisdom in every area of our lives, including our finances. And we let him direct us to put our finances toward whatever he directs us to put it toward. All right? We want to invite you to be a part of Highway Church. Now, I'm just going to be real with you. If you want to be, if you really want to plug in and let things flow, a big part of that is, is listening to the messages, grabbing a hold of the revelation, writing it down, meditating in the Scriptures, and, and worshiping God with your tithe. That's a big part of it. Why? Because money is something that reveals what we value in life. We said that last week. You look at our budget, you'll see what we value most. Jesus is first, and then our children. So the first thing we do when money comes into our hands, we know already 10% of that at least is going directly to, to our church. And you say, uh, well, it's by faith we do that. We're sowing into the kingdom of God. We're not sowing into, into uh, the performance of people mm -hmm. or the abilities of people. God has given us the fivefold ministry gifts to establish and plant bodies of believers in the earth to, that, that are portals of his blessing, 
That's what churches are supposed to be, places people could plug in, get revelation of who Jesus is, what he's done for us, who we are in him, and then respond to that, grow in that, sow into that, and it grows and expands around the earth. And tithing is a part of that. There's no, there's no legalism about it. It's all, it's totally love. It's totally value. It's totally praise. So we want to invite you to begin a praising Christ, to begin worshiping, to be a part of Highway. Partner with us. Join with us. And, and, and maybe you might be someone who this is your church. And, and you're with us every week or as much as you can be, and you're listening online, and that's awesome. You may be someone who attends another local church, but this is an auxiliary ministry in your life. Whatever part this plays, we're asking you to prayerfully consider plugging in at a deeper level and worshiping God. Maybe uh, if, if this is not your church, to consider partnering with us on a weekly or monthly basis as the Lord would lead you. But you can do that all through our website, highwaychurch.us, highwaychurch.us, and you go to our Give page, and we've got several ways where you can give, um, of course, directly uh, through our online, um, and you can do it uh, through uh, texting, 508-502-7733. You can do it through, uh, what's the other one to say? Texting, cash apps, another option. Um, you can send it in the mail. You can give assets online. You can actually sow stocks into this church, into this ministry, uh, vehicles, homes, however the Lord would lead you. Hallelujah. Let's go crazy for Jesus. Let's actually just throw caution to the wind. Let's live for Christ with everything we've got. There's no looking back. We put our hand to the plow. We're moving forward. No one or nothing is going to stop us. We will fulfill our destiny. We will do the things God has called us to do. We will. We will show forth His wonders in our lives. So that's all there on your screen and on our website, Highway Church dot us forward slash give. I want to pray for you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Lord, this was just powerful today. This was powerful. Lord, help us to realize how relevant your word is to our brain. Help us to realize how relevant your word is to our lungs, to our heart and the chambers of our heart to our veins and our arteries and our muscles and our tendons and our ligaments and our bones and our joints and our cartilage. Help us to realize how now you are and how comprehensive praising you is. And Lord, we worship you with our money. We worship with our finances. Lord, receive our tithes and offerings. And Father, we thank you for multiplying them exponentially many, many many times over a hundredfold and beyond for the expansion of your kingdom and back into the lives of each and every sower. Lord, we pray for those who are members of this highway family, those who are partners with this ministry. Father, we ask you to bless them and do special things in their life today and this week. And we declare that mortgages be paid in full, debts paid in full, supernatural increase and provision flowing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 
God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at highwaychurch.us and josephbosco.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.